Welcome to this episode of Power Up Your Business Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Jones. And in this episode, we speak with Peter Hill, owner and operator of Hills Electrical, a third generation electrical company based in the northern suburbs of Sydney. Peter's is a great story, great success story. When he was originally handed the reins to operate the business, taking over from his father, he really quickly struggled with balancing doing the work on site and then having to manage the business from the office when he got home. At the same time, while starting a young family, he quickly became busy all the time, not getting ahead and falling into that trap of working himself into the ground with no visible way out. So in this podcast, really hear how Peter made some significant changes and he forced himself to get out of his comfort zone to implement key success habits into his business that forced him to change his focus and the behavior of him, not only himself, but how his team operated. And the results, awesome results, increased revenue by 48% and increased his operating profit by a whopping 225%. This is a great success story. Really enjoy this one, everyone. Cheers. You're here to change your life. Because there's too much on the line, you're sacrificing a shitload now and your family need to benefit. You've got to make learning a passion for yourself. The clicker for me come, I realise that, hey, I've got to get better at business. So welcome, Peter, to this episode of Power Up the Business Podcast, mate. Thanks for you know, sharing your time. You're welcome. No problem at all. Now, great story, and Peter being a long-time client of ours, and it's been great, I think, the last six years. Also, you know, really assisting you on your business journey, and you've got a really interesting story, starting with you know, you're now running a third generation business that started in the 1960s, correct? And then you taking the reins around that 2009, 2010 period. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Um, which with dad for did my apprenticeship with my father for um, and worked together for close to 13, 14 years with my. My father, which was hard but fair. Um, <laughs> a, the the old school, right? It's just like shut up, don't say anything, just yeah, dig. yeah, dig or work and yeah, and and if I made a mistake, I'd hear about the dinner table all night and couldn't get away from any mistakes. That was no hiding from them. Yeah, there's uh, there's no cotton wool. You know, wrap yourself in cotton wool. Back in those days, was it? it was just like no. yeah, like just cop it sweet. You made a mistake. Come on, and then with that, the learnings of that, and I suppose because you know in that generation, so how did your dad? You know, the learnings. So this is a key thing for any tradies. You know, generally we learn off who we've done our apprenticeship with. We learn how to operate business through not only you know, obviously the, the skill set of of the trade, but also how people do business, how they operate with customers. How did your dad operate the business? He just worked seven days a week, really. Like growing up, I, I could count. Uh, he might have like two weekends off a year that he was home, and that's you know, a lot late days. Be up early, and just when he retired, he didn't really have a um, much of a hobby because all he did was work. You know, for the, his whole working life, just worked seven days a week and put everything everything he could into it um, physically. And how was that? What was it? One of the takeaways then for you? Like that's obviously, you know, one. He sets the example of work ethic. 
yeah he, he obviously is very much i'm going to be focused on the work and and let's do the you know let's work hard yeah. and and that's cool to a degree but then you've got to actually work intelligently and but how is that yeah like again not seeing him too much and obviously you know for you guys probably not too many family holidays exactly i think we had like two family holidays in our lifetime maybe like maybe a couple a couple more, but two that I can remember. Um, and he just, he was never, really wasn't around a whole lot. And I think that, you know, unfortunate. And then um, when, when I took over, I, I started doing the same thing because that's all I knew how. Hmm. And I knew how to work and work hard. But and then we had, we moved homes and we had a baby. Uh, I think it's 2013. That's when I first spoke to you. Mm. Um, and I went away for a Christmas holiday. And I was just exhausted, like with the Christmas rush and stuff. And I thought, oh, I better start changing what I'm doing because I'm turning into it's repeating itself, history repeating itself. And I'm going to be, I was missing like bath time. I was missing everything with, with my baby. So I just went, I don't want to do this again. I don't want to, I don't want to. There's no point having a family if you're going to miss everything, every part of them just at work. Not going to be there. And so, yeah, so that initial three, four-year period, you were copying exactly as you were taught, copying exactly as you experienced, right? So you're just working hard. You're pretty much saying yes to a lot of things and not being there. And then that realisation came where, yeah, kids, family, obviously probably you know, discussions with your wife as well, saying, um, what's this all about? Where's the end game for this? Is this, mm. is this what it's going to be like for the next X amount of years? And so that real catalyst then for change came about. I know that, you know, you were sort of looking at that job management system, right? But obviously you had that gnawing feeling that you just couldn't keep going like this. And obviously one of the things is that, yeah, you didn't want to end up like your dad. But what were some other things that were really playing on your mind in those early days for for operating that business? Again, given that, there is a pressure on board, right? It's been operating since the 1960s. Yeah, yeah. So you've, it's been operating for decades. So you're probably thinking, wow, well, that's pressure to, to maintain that. Yeah. The, that, that Hills Electrical brand. Yeah, you want to um, make my, my grandfather and my father proud of me as well. So mm-hmm. you, the only way I could make my dad was work by working hard and work long hours and stuff. And that would That's all he knew. Mm-hmm. And then um, that realisation that you in these days, you can't really do. You can, you can, but it's not not the normal thing to do anymore. I don't think. Well, from my my point of view, it, it isn't. Mm. So I, I wanted to just find a job management software. And when I was filling in that form, one of the things was um, they asked if you'd like like a business. If you're open to having a business coach, and I wrote yes because I, I just didn't really want to go back to work that year. I was just at that point where. You're fried. Yeah, I was fried, and you had to go and do it all again. And you know, husbands, we, we had a few employees by then, and I, just, I think part of it was that compliance, like knowing that you're doing the right thing. Yeah, he's going to come back and bite you. Are you compliant? Like, is your payroll done right? And I was doing my payroll on Sunday mornings, like, and as it grew, it, it turned into quite a job. Like when it was one person, it was all right, but mm. we were like three or four people to do payroll. Was I doing it right? Was I paying the super right? But so I wasn't trained to do all that. So no, that's right because you're trained on the job. And that's where in your comfort zone. That's what we talk about. You're in the comfort zone. You're really in your comfort zone, working hard. You had no idea about the business. That's where a lot of people get into trouble. And and you're in that standard journey where you you're operating the gig 
by yourself around that three, four, five year period, which is generally a threshold where there's a lot of stats out there for new business failures or businesses failing, about 80% of business fail within the first five years. And generally, it comes down exactly where the, the crossroads that you come to, whereas like, I just can't keep going anymore. It's like Christmas time, I don't want to go back. Because it's a, what am I going to do this for another year, another what decade? Is this what it's about? You know, and and that classic, you know, I went into business because you know, for most who didn't pick up a generational business, but you know, I started business. I want more time, more money, and it's great that yeah, you were starting to look. And this is where a lot of people do look. That's their natural thing. They want to change the business, so their their first sort of point of call is generally a job management system. But as you know, that's only one part part of the puzzle. On that that journey again to getting away from just that you know, the long hours working hard and knowing that okay where's the end game here because one of the things I know that early on you had very clear goals that we we're working towards so I'll just share some of the the key drivers of change and this is where a lot of people they don't make the necessary changes because they haven't got a vision they're not working towards anything yep. they're not really working towards anything substantial both personally uh, professionally or, or a family point of view but just Relate and clarify those clear goals when we started, yeah. you know, around that 2015, what you were trying to achieve. Yeah, so we, first of all, I think you went through the, a process and found out a, a whole lot of things that I knew I didn't know. Like, I just, you'd ask me questions, I wouldn't have a clue what the answers were. Then we, we got through a bit of that, a few frights along the way, and then we made a five-year plan of, like, financially, like, and lifestyle what we wanted and one of them mm. one of them was we wanted to pay pay the house off by the time my i think it was my yeah five years was the time my daughter went to school yeah and so we really just knuckled down and worked our way backwards from that we, we didn't we like we just made budgets mm. per year that we needed to turn turn over this much this much profit um to to achieve it, to achieve, it. and then obviously the other the other goal in there was too was also get out of the home office. Agree, yeah. you're working from home, too hard. Yeah. You know, the boys coming over, the kids there, the wife's there. Yeah. Just, there was no the, freedom, right? There was no wake, there was no disconnect. Waking up the baby, yep, yep. There's no yep. Dis- no disconnect at all. Like just if I was home, I was working. If I was at work, I was working. Mm. Um, you walk out into the garage and you're reminded of all the tools and all the equipment. You just couldn't get away. You mentally couldn't get away yeah. from it. And that's where you get, get to that fried stage where it's just like, this is just, you know, again, like, again, just like your dad, right? It's just like, here we go. It's just, I've got nothing else. It's just work. And this is where we very clearly with, with our methodology, as you know, on the program, you know, work is secondary, right? We're using work to drive our lifestyle and, and our life and experiences and, and family. And you've done a great job of that. So with that there, in that, those clear goals that we're really working towards because at that time, again, working hard, that frustration. Over that journey now, again, you sort of alluded to, especially making that change and, and getting you really uncomfortable again, like some of the numbers I was talking to you about, you know, how are you financially? You had, you know, zero out of 10 pretty much, right? Mm. Your chart of accounts, your, your zero. zero, it's not terrible. Yeah, you know, No real understanding of the type of client that you wanted to work towards. You're pretty much saying yes to everything. You didn't have a understanding about how to really build that team and empower the team you know it was very much you know hey how you have you got a license or a heart but yeah come work for me type scenario agree yep yep um and in by by not understanding that sort of information again then you become enslaved to the job just explain the difficulty and some of the the, the tough times again uh and again because everyone just listening i'll just explain to where obviously peter is now and the great job he's 
the transition. But how was it getting uncomfortable? You know, getting sort of that sort of looking under the in the spotlight to say, shit, I've got to change here big time. Otherwise, you know, I'm in for a rocky road ahead. It was, it was scary not knowing the answers that I'm, you, you should know for sure about your business. Um, I didn't know much much at all about it, to be honest. And just I wasn't even sure if I was sending in invoices, I was missing stuff, uh, wasn't invoicing in for, for months on end sometimes. Mm. Uh, but felt like I was making money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, there's money in the bank. Oh, there's no money in the bank, right? Oh, but because, but you—that was that false sense of security, right? And this is where, like, in the trading mindset, where you think it's all about the job. The false sense of security is I must be making money because I'm busy. Yeah, yeah. But again, a lot of the time you don't know if you are making sure you got in all the variations processed. Are my invoices processed? Am I getting paid? Because uh, you're just in that cycle. But hey, I've got a full deck next week. I'm I'm busy every day. I'm going to be killing it. Mm-hmm. Yep. We are speaking with Peter Hill from Hills Electrical. If you'd like to learn how you can earn more with a lot less stress, pick up a free copy of my book, Power Up Your Trading Business, only pay for shipping. Go to www.poweruppyourbusiness.com.au forward slash book and enter the code podcast, all lowercase. So over the course of that, again, just sort of fast tracking it now in terms of over that that journey that we've been on, and that the journey that I suppose you of that self discovery as a business owner, business leader, you know, coming back to around that 2019 sort of stage, um, and yeah, you know, how'd you go with those goals? You know, having those goals there, you know, what did you tick off from a business point of view and a personal point of view? Um, well, the business can run quite quite well without me. Um, I think I'm still a part in it and if not every part of the business is at work isn't spinning something's going to miss like something's missed out so i'm still involved in some parts of it but, but i can go away for a week or two had some good family holidays away and come back and it's run, run pretty seamlessly um financially we, you know we could the, the house isn't a big pressure point now the mortgage isn't isn't a big pressure point on on our family um uh, and just at, at the teams strong, and we've got like we've got a good core group around us that you know customers like and contact directly, mm. rather than going. Thing a lot of it goes communications without media. A lot of it, so put some good processes around the team. And I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna dive into some of those yeah. direct processes, and and then obviously then too with the. The, the other key aspect too, which is actually identifying that A-class customer as well, which you've done a really good job on building the relationships, which I'm going to tap into. But the key thing I want everyone to hear about here, which is a, which I want to dive into as well, is that yeah, 2018, and again, in your words, right, in your words, and this is where everyone's got to be really careful, is that you tick a lot of boxes, you get to that five-year plan or you, you, you tick the box. And it's not, not to say that you know, you're resting on your laurels and you're leaning back in the chair and saying, how good am I? And everything's cool now and I don't need to worry about the little habits and the little one percenters that got me here. But essentially, I know that you know, in, in, in good discussion, especially in our community, is that you know, you're talking about getting distracted, you know, looking at solar, you know, looking at social media, what are other people doing? And essentially for a 12-month period, and this is what I want everyone to sort of understand, so Peter's done a great job of you know, building the business up to you know, 
million dollar, two million dollar plus business with really good profitability. It's a good solid foundation um, and good management. But then in the course of 12 months, you've essentially took you off the ball, your revenue dropped, your profitability went through the floor. Mm. And in your words, you, for that year, you would have been better off working at McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah. We, that year, so 2018 was really strong year. And then 2019, like you said, started just playing around with social media and things like that. And it, it wasn't, it's not my forte. So I started looking at all these things and taking everyone's opinion on board mm. um, and getting distracted by, I think we call it the shining lights. And I was looking around at everything else that, could you know help help us? We thought thought we were helpless. We're trying to, we spent a lot of money and time on a new software um, implementation, which was a massive failure. So we, we just kept all these distractions and just. And you're all, looking at the solar. Remember, you went down the solar, yeah. tried to get registered in solar, and yeah, looked at solar because you know everyone's saying, oh. You, do solar, make make some money, like make good money and do this and do jump that. Jump on a Bitcoin. Bitcoin's yeah, great. Just jump that. on that. And- yeah. Just everything, isn't it? Like you just hmm. I I think because we got to that point that we achieved what we first set out to do and then started looking around, what are we gonna do next? Kind of thing. Hmm. And then took you off the ball only for a while. By looking at other things, but got so distracted that we lost focus on what we're good at. Mm. Um, like looking at other other builders that do, you know, we spent a bit like time and effort into them as well, like just low margin, high high volume work, and it's mm. just it's not us. So you're just thinking of all these distractions across the, everything, but what we're good at. Yeah, you just you <laughs> went away, and this is the thing I want to just really touch on. You went away from the principles and the habits. Uh, and uh, and again, coming back to the way we do it here, the very clear values of what made you successful for five years. Yeah. And this is where I want, you know, really every business owner, we all get caught up on it, you know, social media, the next big thing, jump on the next big thing. We've got to be very clear is pretty much your profitability and your, your golden egg or that, you know, the, the golden goose, as it were, is pretty much right in front of you. But sometimes you think, oh, no, I've got to look elsewhere. And the only way, you know, and, and uh, Right in my book, in the Power Trading Business book, I talk about there's a little quote from Bill Gates um, and Warren Buffett. So when Bill Gates and Warren Buffett first met, they they um, had dinner at Bill Gates's place, and Mum, Bill Gates's mother, put on the dinner. And during the course of the dinner, Bill Gates's mum said, "What do you guys think? Um, what's the number one secret to success?" And both Bill Gates and Warren Buffett at the same time just said, "Focus." Very clearly, focus is the key to success. And Warren Buffett, another good quote from Warren Buffett, basically says, you know, uh, you know, to be successful, you've got to say no to a lot of great opportunities, potential great opportunities. Yeah, that's a great opportunity, but not for me right now. I've got to focus on this. Uh, and that's where you got caught into it. Like, yeah, looking, going back and saying yes to other clients and or other opportunities, right? And you just lost, got away from the core fundamentals of what built up that success. And then ultimately... Again, your financial performance went through the floor. Um, but this is a cool thing, though. This is a great thing I want you, to, you know, especially listeners, is that you know, because you knew the foundations and you knew the habits and we had the infrastructure in place or the assets in place to run a really successful business, you know, tapping back into that in 2020 uh, and just to give everyone a bit of an insight into, and I'll, I'll talk 
I'll let Peter talk about some of the things, but I just want to give you the results. So after 2019, it was a dead set failure. It was a shocker. You know, revenue plummeted, profit just went through the floor just from a percentage increase over just by getting back to some of these habits, which again, I'll get Peter to, to explain, but there was a 48% increase uh, in revenue, we are, which is awesome. But more importantly, the net profit increased by 225%. So it was a massive, massive increase in net profit. And then some other other key aspects about getting back, putting the, the structure in place is your stress levels, you know, it was up around that nine or 10, correct, Pete, and it's just gone down to around that three, back to manageable. Uh, and confidence in the future, you know, has gone from, again, low at three, and now it's back up to around that um, nine and 10, you know, because you're tuning back into the community as well, you're getting back into the support uh, that's required. But in a very short space of time, by clicking back into the groove and getting that these the key success habits in play, you're able to then um, you know tap back into and now really get back in terms of driving a, a profitable business. Now, I mean, the three key things I want to sort of talk about, right? That you the three key um, areas that we look at. You know, number one is the performance, right? So I want you to talk about number one, the performance, which. Uh, in terms of some of the success habits, re sales pipeline. Okay, I want to talk about things that also I want you to explain about your real focus on your A class clients. You know those profitable clients that you know you want to love for a long time. And then also really, really important that for everyone to really hear some of the the, the processes and what Peter's investing in in in, his, in your team. And I want you to explain on that. So rolling back. So number one. So from a from a performance point of view, which is around financials. What are some of those, you know, getting back to that regular habits around how important is, you know, how we, from our methodology, how are we tracking, you know, making sure we've got a 12-month profit plan, you know, how's that really drilled into your focus on a, on a weekly basis and, and implementing that into the business? It's 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 everything to the business now. Um, so on a, every fortnight I look at, I do a um, how we're tracking report, which is available from the, the Cube software. Um Download it. Have a look at it every third, every on a Thursday morning. I'll get up early, look at that, dig into it, and anything anything goes red. Look at it. Anything that's outside the budget, have a real good look at those. Make some notes and comments on this on the side of it, um, and then dig into it a bit further. Like then you can by doing that, you just click onto your account code in in zero, and you can look at the transactions. Like what what's what's happening here? What's happening there? Maybe we've missed a payment. Maybe we haven't paid someone, so it's green. It's green, or whatever, you know, um, which means, in all in most cases, we say a good thing. But mm. some, I, mean, <laughs> I just make sure we haven't missed a payment to someone, or maybe a bill hasn't arrived. Mm. So make sure um, every every line item we can. So many. We've got a lot of account, a, a large um, chart of accounts, mm. but it makes it so easy to understand our business if what's happening is by looking at numbers you can you can understand all the little bits of the business and just want to touch on that more like and again for everyone listening to this podcast you know pete's got a lot on there's a lot of jobs on but the key focus you know for you mate you know is obviously knowing the numbers and that then allows you to make better decisions right so you're not just running you know knee jerk on a like in terms of being reactive it's very much fundamentally every decision is based off fact and you're doing a great job now of getting back into your scorecard, right? Yeah, yeah. So what you're talking about now is you've got to make sure 
your scorecard is absolutely correct and the transactions are correct and the bills are entered, everything's invoiced, and you're managing that against your budget. And if it's, hey, if we're spending too much, what's going on there? Who's, buy, who's buying that? Or, yeah. you know, where's that being allocated to? So how's that just in terms of your confidence now as part of that, your growing confidence, again, as a leader, using those numbers, right? So this is a key thing. I want everyone, like you've done a great job and again, on your journey over the last six years from, again, not even knowing a number and really mm-hmm. being hesitant and really sort of pushing back to a degree back in the early days. Yep. Now to really understanding and readopting the processes. Like how's that just been as a giving you that confidence or that peace of mind knowing that, you know what, when you shut the business door at the end of the day, you know you're in control. How does that go? Uh, you feel tremendous in that anxiety disappears of not not knowing where you are and sometimes I, I, you, you hear people not wanting to look at the position position they're in or they haven't got stuff entered or they haven't invoiced it out stuff but right now if we're not if we're behind if I log into the cube and we're not at a certain percentage of the as the month goes or we we address it we can address mm-hmm. it early you don't have to wait until two months or three months you you know, every fortnight we, we're onto it. We look, keeping an eye on spending, and the one like it's all, it's all often said. But the one percent is like yep. even even yesterday, I was I was doing our um, how we tracking report, and there's this yeah, we got five or six years of data now that we've built up, which you told me we would have when we first started, and I thought what what nonsense. <laughs> What absolute nonsense! Like, why do I need? <laughs> why do I need this? Just, just in and out, and tell me yeah. what, where we are. Um, but now those so accurate. The budget so accurate. Um, the material costs, the fuel expenditure, what everything's costing, so close. And mm. at one percent that we might save in materials or wages and salaries, it makes such a big difference to the um, the profitability of the business. Yeah. Yep. And that's why I want people to understand, like a one percent, especially as a as a business is growing and good turnover, one percent. You know, we're talking about twenty thousand, maybe thirty thousand dollars difference on the bottom line. And and, to, and when we talk about the bottom line, everyone, we're talking about you know your drawing as a wage. You know, this is obviously once you take uh, after tax. So this is about your return on business, uh, return on investment for as a business owner. Uh, and this is where a lot of people don't understand because they're too busy all the time. You know, I'm just. I just got to get the jobs done and they're not looking at the numbers. They don't understand these little 1% as the power of the one percenters. That's the thing that can change your personal life around. And, yeah, and obviously you know that too well, but it's amazing though that how quickly you can sort of fall off the perch, oh. right? But it's good that you've got back on it. The other thing around the numbers too, which is around the Howard Tracking Report too, because as you alluded to, you've got a budget there. So every month you've got a very clear number sales target that you're accountable to achieve. Then obviously that on that Weekly or fortnightly, you're tapping into the sales pipeline, you know, oh, making yeah. sure you've got enough business development activity. How's that internal habit driving performance and driving your clarity and also driving your communication and accountability with your other key team members? Uh, from the first time you showed me that tool, the sales pipeline, just, I absolutely loved it and there's that confidence it gives you going forward and you work at it to, to drive it to the budget numbers. Um, so we're we're working months and months in front of us of, mm. of our leads and I think you know you know you're like six five or six months in the black right so meaning you're five or six months in advance you're you're booked out to achieve your budget yeah yeah pretty close yeah mm. yeah which is like in today's climate it's just I'm really proud of, proud of it mm. and proud that we wanted so many people 
want to engage us to, to do the work and mm. one on some good contracts and um but uh, it's just the the best tool that a, a business could use i think is that sales pipeline knowing you've got enough to because it refers back to the budget and we know we've got to do this x per month to make to pay the way but to get get in front but mm. um to be profitability we need to be why and we we aim to be why all yeah. the time. And I think the key thing now, look, what you're alluding to, and this is you've done well, because now you know you've got a model that works in terms of the percentages, the numbers. You, and, you know, getting back to if you know we hit that top line number, it just is like cookie cutter approach, right? It comes in, yeah, this is what we pay, this is a percentage we pay on materials, percentage we pay on subbies, percentage we pay on vehicles, percentage we pay on our team. And then we know, bang, we're going to hit the bottom line. So if we hit that that sales budget, we know we can pretty much guarantee that we're going to deliver on the bottom line. And a great thing is, and this is what I want to sort of really allude to, is that you know, you're not on the site. You don't have to be on the job site driving it right now. So three components, as mentioned, so you're, you're nailing the performance habits. Now it's about then getting that, that team to be to buy into that, right? And you've done a great job, again, with the way we do it here and really inducting the team about your values and this is these are our rules and this is how we want to do things. Yeah. Um, how important is it now? And again, like say in, in those going through the, the pipeline, going through the Howard Tracking Report, you know, having transparency and allowing your key team members to come in and actually assist you and drive you. Because again, a lot of business owners, they'll say, Jonesy, no, I, look, I, I don't want to share information. I don't want to give too much away. You know, now if I give too much away, then they'll take it and they'll run their own business or, or they'll think I'm killing it. Mm. You know, which again, that's the dark ages mentality, right? businesses that are doing well is exactly what you're doing, which is transparency, letting people in, allowing people to take ownership of it. But how does that really transform the way that you, know, you approach business as opposed to your dad approach business? But also, how have you seen your key team members now you know, really take it and own it and live and breathe your business as well just as much as you do? I think it's like they're partners in the business. Um, they, it's like it's their own, own business and they treat Every the one percent is as as um as carefully as I do. Mm. Wait, sometimes more so. Um, mm. they take pride on delivering a job on time, and um, they obviously you appreciate the customer feedback when it's good good feedback. But mm. you're showing people. Yeah, I think it's it's always a nervous thing to do. You're always a bit nervous when you first do it, mm. but it gets easier. Like once once you start. If you get the right people that you trust involved in the business mm. and the same values. So that with the values, um, with the way we do it here and stuff, it's the, they've got a big say in that. It's not just me getting on my soapbox and saying, this is how we're going to do it. Mm. And we just, revis- like, we just revisited it before, um, maybe about a month ago. And we went around and I said, this is the old vision and purpose and values sheet that we live and die by but it's probably about five years old or four years old at that yeah, stage probably. Yeah, yeah probably three i think we've been through it about two or three times we just keep yep. um revising it and this time i was handed it over to them and just we had a real good chat about it like what do you want it to be not this isn't me like just mm. it's not it's not just about me here like what do you guys want Hill, hills electrical to be like mm. what beliefs what values do you want and i was trying to cut back on a lot of the ones that we already had because I thought it was a bit wordy and stuff, but the consensus around the team was 
they they really liked some of them, so they they fought back for it. I was trying to cross them off to make it an easier document to remember, but they said, "No, no, I want I want that. I want to be accountable." They're buying in. That's great, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So that was that was a really um, I, I was really proud of the way the team com- communicated those mm. um, values back to me. And it's good. Like I think the great thing, you know, I really respect you you as a leader you, know, you want to build that team of people that you know it's it's all about respect it's all about you know you want people to come into your organization and enjoy being there and yep. also go on the journey with you and, and allow them to to take it and run with it and that's why you've done a, a great job over a long period of time and it is hard to be able to essentially you know get other people a lot of people sort of struggle with allowing other people to sort of dictate well what should our values be or what should we live and breathe by and you've done that really well Doing that over a long period of time, and then especially, I suppose, you know, solidifying it again over the last six to twelve months. Like, how's been the the increase in performance? And again, the buzzwords, right? You know, the, their accountability, their ownership, and just essentially their their like willingness to sort of step up and and, and take it. Like, how's that been? It's been um, tremendous. Like, you know, our revenue has gone, gone up by dramatically, and our wages bill hasn't. Really, mm. yeah. Um, so they're nailing out the work. They're proud of it. They're doing a really good job of it. Um, the leaders are really. We've got two team leaders. They're doing. They're they're on a big. They're on a journey. They're learning. They're mm. learning. We're all we're learning to let them lead, mm. um, and they're learning to lead. And I, I try to encourage them to lead from the front because that's the only way I know how. But mm. there are there's other ways to lead too. Mm. Um. I'm not. I'm not the master of <laughs> leading. You're not building a big back. stick, right? Yeah. yeah. The key thing about it is, like, that's the thing. Like, everyone, every individual's got their unique personality, and it's not about, especially in this day and age, it's not about yeah, just one size fits all. And I think you do a good job there of you know, like, of, of tapping into that individual and get the best out of them. And some people don't want to be leaders, and some people don't want to sort of take more responsibility, and that's fine. Every team needs certain people there in their role, and I think you're doing a really good job of getting them in that role. And I know, like, say, you know, Ed and your, and your key team members that you've got there, they they really take big ownership, especially when we're talking about how we're tracking the one percent as a sales pipeline, you know, things like that. They really step up, and just having someone there in that support as your right hand man, as it were, how much sort of peace of mind and confidence does that give you? Oh. Again, it's a lonely big gig, right? It's a lonely gig running a business. It can be really hard. So having someone, you know, as your right hand man, um, in, in Ed, you know, he does a great job. How yeah, how great's that? Yeah, it's been amazing having having Ed around. He's he treats the, the business like it's his own. Um and and he's just a nice person and he no mm. ego and he's a brilliant tradesman. Mm. Um, and it's only this year we really got Ed to be running the operations manager, yep. which which again we're all learning. Like so, passing off responsibility, he's learning how to find his own way of delivering um, his his requirements, mm. and I'm learning to butt out of it. Which yeah, is- yeah, that's right. You're you're learning to take the back seat. <laughs> and look, one thing too that you've done really well which, again, a lot of people might find interesting, is that you've actually invested in an outside consultant slash coach, as it were, to help um, bring Ed along. Um, 
which is great. You know, you're really investing in Ed to ensure that Ed thrives in that role. You want him to succeed in that role, uh, and you're investing in that. How's that been like? And and how's Ed Ed sort of appreciate that support from you know you investing in that individual to help help him grow in the role. You know, how's that been? I think he he's thriving in it. Um, so he's he's driving. Like I, I pretty well run the, as you call it, the BD, like the sales. Yeah. And filling up the, the pipeline, it's, and it's Ed's job to get the get the jobs done mm. um, with the resources we've got in in the time frame in those months, and get the get the jobs done so the invoices can go out and stuff. Mm. So we have some really productive meetings. Um, we've got, uh, like I said, we've got a consultant Wally that sits in with us. Yep. He drives us both in some aspects of um, if Ed and I are in the room, we're not going to talk about some of the harder things to talk about. Yes. But, um, and like if I say it's red and Ed's saying it's blue and we, we just will nut it out and sort it out like like men and just business owners and just get on with it and yeah. find a way to make it happen, which has been uh, it's really good just having an open dialogue it's great having that Wally there being objective, right? And and again, yeah. just the, the key thing too is that often, you know, sometimes Ed may have some issues with certain things around you. He doesn't want to bounce something off you, whereas, yeah. you know, he can go to Wally, right? So yeah. the good thing is what I sort of highlight here is that you're putting us a bit of a support mechanism in for Ed as he grows into that role as well, as well as for you as well, right? Yeah. Um, so that's great. And obviously... Which is awesome, and then on the back of that, so with that there, you know, you're really you've got that the team's really performing, and you're nailing that. And as you said, your key thing is business development. Your key thing, the value to your business is solidifying those relationships. That for some of them, you've been managing for as a business, you know, for over twenty years. Hmm. And again, you you got a little bit distracted. You look at shiny objects, and it's all about now getting back onto it. Now, you know, you've done a very great job, and just for everyone, you know, like. Back in the day, doing a lot of resi or high volume or specy sort of stuff, and, and tapping in a lot of different markets from an electrical and data point of view, to really now being in that that high end residential sort of architectural market there, uh, and you know you've definitely known, especially on the, so the northern beaches and northern suburbs of Sydney, you've done a great job of positioning yourself in there, and that all just all comes down to two things: number one. You're solving a lot of problems, okay? You're solving a lot of problems for this particular customer because you're not trying to solve problems for everyone, but just this type of customer, this A-class customer that we love, okay? You're solving problems, more importantly, by solving those problems, you're adding value to that customer, correct? So because what we always talk about, it's not about the price. People will sort of start looking at price when they don't see value. Even if you go in a low price and you don't deliver value, they're still going to think they're ripped off, right? But what we're about is all about value. It's all about making sure we're delivering value yeah, it's the, the right solutions to the problems. Uh, now, how has that been, your focus on that market? What, just some of the things, what are some of the key things that you've been working on and, and developing as a leader over the last few years to really you know, improve your business-to-business and, and build those relationships with those high-end A-class clients? Like, like you said, like the price pricing's one thing. Being preferred on price isn't what we're about. We're, we're about um, the trust, the, the, we're in people's homes and, they often leave us, you know, in their homes and they go off to work before COVID anyway. Um, and they just open the door. We let ourselves out in the way and mm. they, they're trusting us that we're going to do the right thing. They're trusting that we know we're going to put the right parts in. Um, a lot of our customers we've had 
like you said, for 15 years, and we don't forget what helped us get get to where we are. Mm. The people that you know we did a house for 15 years ago, if we can help them with the right products today, we will do that. We don't want to bring in with any any little niggling issues. So we put the best stuff in. We 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 think that we'll solve their problem. You don't cut corners. Yeah, for quite some time. We we, we mm. want them to. to just bring up and want want more, not bring up and want us to get back and fix things. Which mm. you know, every, all products you can have issues with, but most of the products we try to recommend are things that we'd put in our own houses. Yeah, and that's that thing about that understanding what their needs are. So you're not trying to again sort of put in a solution that's a for a low level or a different sort of customer. It's just like we only deal with one type of customer. We understand this is. The best solution, and that's what, and that's a good thing. Yeah, your team's confident in delivering, you know, high value and and high quality products. Yep. And then just that maintaining it, but just how is important is it too? Again, just by having a, how easy is it clearly focusing on one type of market, and this comes back to the sales pipeline. So, you know, having that sales pipeline gives you confidence, knowing that the next because when we talk about everyone, this is what I want you to understand. When we talk about the sales pipeline, it's not about just filling the sales pipeline with six months of work. With any types of customers, we're talking that Peter's done a great job of filling your your pipeline for s- next six months with A class clients. I so say A class clients that are going to deliver um, that'll achieve their budget. So, how important is that again? Just being that confidence of and the just that I suppose that familiarity with the, the same type of client, the same type of problem, same type of processes. Your team can just roll with it. How much easier is that too for operating the business as well? Oh, so much easier. You just know. When we go and get for a day's work, we kind of know what we're up against. We know who we're going to deal with, and nothing's uncharted, kind of thing. Like mm. you just, we can deal with it as a group, um, and deliver a really good result for the customer and providing value. And mm. hopefully, they'll get us back to to do something else in the future or recommend us. That's we we've really had no marketing for like the whole time we've. Mm. And going, the only marketing is the sign writing on the vans, really. Mm. Well, the marketing is, remember, you have been doing marketing. It's actually delivering good value. Yeah. And this is where a lot of people actually fail to understand that, yeah. is that if you do the best job you can and deliver value and, and deliver on your expectations, that's the best type of marketing yeah. because they're going to actually come back to you. A lot of people need a lot of external marketing because they never get referred back. They never get the clients coming back. So um, your your marketing is bringing your A-game to the client, bring your A game to planning, you know, getting the team on board. So, yeah, and that and that's the key thing where again those those subtle little changes you made over a long period of time, again just getting into that really niche market now, and you're, you're well positioned there in that yeah. market. Now, the final sort of part of the puzzle, you know, with the processes and then the structure and what you've been putting in there, which obviously, you know, to fine tune everything. How how important is it? And how much have you? And this is where it comes back to the group, who you circulate with. You know, if you if you want to be a high performer, you want to be hanging around high performing individuals. But as part of our, you know, the Q performance community and other sharing off and leveraging off other, you know, business leaders and trading business owners' stories, you know, how powerful has that been, you know, leveraging off the community? Oh, you feel pretty in- inadequate at times listening to some of the skills that these guys have and um, some of the ideas and we We've, I think we all share them and borrow borrow the ideas off off one another, which has been amazing. Like, like for one example, 
one of the, one of the guys, I think we, Will, um, explained that he was having team breakfasts. I, I think we've all yeah. kind of taken it on. Yeah, um, I think everyone now is yeah. doing on a Monday morning team breakfast. That's it. Let's go. Yeah, it's brilliant. Set it's up so, the week. Yeah, so we do it every fortnight. Um, we, we kind of offered the team leaders if they want to run their own breakfast the every other, other week, mm-hmm. they can. But the results have been, you know, outstanding from that. Those kind of things get together, get the stuff out of the truck, put new mm-hmm. stuff in the trucks, just get organised for the week, have a chat. If learners learn as a group together, mm. all those little things that in that community we all share amongst each other's being and having the support that we, you know it's, it can be a lonely if you spend hours by yourself mm. running a small business and just knowing that you're not not alone that they we're all in a similar boat. I think that's a key thing there. Where look because it is it's, it's tough running running a ship, you know, leading leading organisation. It does get lonely, and I think. This is where, you know, for any business owner that, you know, needs to be, you know, wants to improve, you've got to look at the group that you're circulating with. There's nothing worse if you're continually, you know, your business owner, you're hanging around with other tradie business owners and they're in that tradie mindset and it's all about the blame game or a whinge and, they're, you know, it's all about price and it's going to be hard for you to get out of that cycle whereas, you know, you want to be in a right community that can actually help you thrive and grow and support you. Um, and that's where, like, you know, you've been great, obviously, a contributor, Con, you know, contributing great stuff to the community as well. But I think that's a key thing is that one of the one of the aspects that, you know, for you is that, you know, your ability to, yeah, you know, to be open to learning and, but more importantly, to apply new things. So uh, the community, everyone, that's so important. So make sure you're in the right thriving community. Uh, again, success leaves clues, everyone. Success leaves, you do not have to reinvent the wheel. It's all about just plugging into what works. Hey, happy days. Yep. And, um I think that's that's really important for any business success, mate. So, uh, and credit to what you've achieved and, and your journey, uh, you know, over the last X many years, of, you know, six or so years that we've been on board, and looking forward to the next, uh, the next you know, next chapter. Yeah. One of the things, just as a takeaway, mate, just for a, a business owner there that maybe you know, struggling with time at the moment, maybe you know, is it all worth it? Again, in your words, I'm just burnt out. I'm out of here. What's the one sort of takeaway that as a as a, um, a recommendation or a tip for them to sort of tap into? You need support. You need support from someone who knows as well. They can't just be a shoulder to cry on or something. You need like someone to point you in the right direction. Someone's seen it before because it's, it's not new. We all, all go through the ups and downs, but you just need that, like you said, the community around you and make, make habits, make habits mm-hmm. that aren't just – revolving around you just going to work and doing a day on the tools make block out some time we block out parts of your calendar if it make if it's only to start off with if it's once a fortnight just block out a small part of the week and just concentrate on improving the business like i think one of the things we first worked on is what do you get the most phone calls about if if you're getting all these phone calls you haven't communicated well enough to start with mm. with the with the team or your customer so we try to and we, we we're always, always evolving we're always trying to improve something it might, might not work first go so get better at it try it again mm. and i don't know just slightly make practice i don't know what do you improve it so do process, you delegate, process process evolution and just mm. delegate automate delegate 
Pretty old binnet, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Automate delegate or binnet, that's right. If it's no good, get rid of it. You're right. So, yeah, what are those things that sort of, yeah, it's sucking up a lot of your time? Um, but yeah, but what you're alluding to there is that because a lot of people say they'll, they'll try and put a new process, you know, a new habit, and they say, oh, it d- doesn't work. Mm. Um, but, you know, it's that what we're trying to, you know, you create a process, then you actually implement it, then you test the results, then you modify it again, and then you go again. And in the um, valley, valley of disappointment, you call it. The valley disappointment. That's right. We've been been through a few of those valleys. Um, yeah, and and it does. You, you start climbing back out, and you you try. You, you, you can see something's not going right, and you tinker with it again. You go back down. It goes back down again. And then on the other side, you come up. You come up the hill, and it's that's right. It works for you. That's right. Because in that valley disappointment, everyone. <laughs> what we're talking about there is that often you think oh, it'll only take a month, and I'll be right, or maybe take a year. Uh, but generally, it takes a lot longer, and that's when you're riding through the valley of disappointment, where you think that you've actually wasted your time, where you haven't actually wasted your time. It's called like latent potential. Okay, so it's still there, um, and then when you cross that line, it's like, oh, finally, you know. And that's when you hear people like being like an overnight success after battling for ten years, right? Um, but that's that whole persistence there, and that and that mindset of we're playing a long game, uh, and that's that key thing. Uh, as a business owner, yeah, some things work, and it doesn't mean. It's not the right thing. It just means it needs that re- that that refinement uh, and going back again. But no, look, really appreciate it, Pete. Great story. Uh, thanks for sharing that. There's and for those listeners, yeah, a lot of great takeaways there uh, that you can really sort of apply. And obviously, on your journey as a business owner, everyone's got their own little story uh, that's happening. So I'm sure you can tap into tap into Peter's story. So as always, mate, really uh, really appreciate it. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Look forward to. Keep building, building for the rest of the year. That'll be good and, uh, and beyond. And beyond for sure. <laughs> yeah, five more years. Cheers, everyone. You're here to change your life. Because there's too much on the line, you're sacrificing shitload now and your family need to benefit. You've got to make learning a passion for yourself. The clicker for me, come and realise that, hey, got to get better at business.